Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That dreams come true And who would have thought I ended up with you And who would have thought what they said was true But it wasn't you all Lighting darkness come through Hi! How you doing, Emily? Hey, I'm good. How's it going? I'm, I'm better for seeing you and making your acquaintance. Yes, I, I thought uh, this window would be difficult, and look, it is. <laughs> let me let me move my position over. No worries, uh, do your thing, get comfortable. Here. I keep like you know we all are doing so many zooms, and I keep having the same background, and I'm like really. So every time I try to have a different uh, different background, it never works out for me. So <laughs> well, that, that's the old phrase, isn't it? If it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stay the in the thing. safe spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I guess uh, this will this will be it. So um, how's it going? I'm I'm good. I'm very well, and um, I've just come back home after a week in London and Brighton. So I've had like my first kind of time off, time out of the year. Went to see yeah. some friends and you know kind of mingle, which we obviously haven't really been able to do for a long time so yeah i feel like reconnected and revitalized and and good happy to be alive which is important isn't it yeah 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 that's exactly it so how about you i'm great it's uh springtime i think and uh finally you know have this book coming out which has been a long time waiting uh but yeah it's been nice it's i live up in like carlsbad so we're not are we on air right now 
Well, I record from the start. Yeah, I just hit the ground oh, okay. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's always on air. But yeah, we're all good. What? <laughs> but now everything is great. Um, yeah, everything is great. Uh, summertime is feels like it's like getting warmer. The winter's gone past. Um, I live on the water. Just went for a surf, so I'm happy. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's one thing that I do miss is being near the ocean. I've never really lived any kind of, you know, close proximity to the sea. But being in Brighton, where I've just been for the week, there's something different about the pace of life in coastal or port towns, isn't there? If there's a nice beach and and the atmosphere on that kind of seafront is, you know, as all the nice ones are, relaxed, chilled, soulful, just good vibes. I think that does feed into your your soul and your energy and your whole outlook to life, I find. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've actually kind of opposite. I've always lived on the water my whole life. Right. So I'm from San Diego and then I lived in Sydney, Australia for 10 years. So I was on the water there. And so, but sometimes I think, gosh, if I didn't need to live on the water, I could move to so many weird, interesting places. But my, uh, my, my need for the ocean and surfing is, always kept me right close to the water so but it's yeah it's nice i like being in a very calm um area and you know and then when you have to go off into traveling for work or whatnot you know doing that i was just actually talking uh, you had just uh interviewed eric melvin recently and he's my neighbor so he moved down here where we're up like you know carlsbad and sanitas and it's just like it's so uh it's it's nice and there's like a little pocket of of our friends that live up here so yeah it's good well yeah and shout out to eric melvin because i think if we hadn't have had the conversation that we had and and it went into all the amazing places that it went obviously you heard that and that's kind of how we got in touch so yeah yeah thank you to melvin and uh i mean i've been kind of i've read the whole book i've immersed myself in that i've checked out a couple of other podcasts that you've been doing recently and just trying to you know learn more about your life and your amazing contribution to you know the communities which we both obviously hold dear i'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you you know love music and art because that's what you know that's yeah yeah that's the quest you're on um i think i first probably heard about the work that you were doing i want to say on the flogging molly cruise 2000 and maybe 18 or 19 i was djing on that and i'm sure there was a bunch of stuff because cab and hensley were both on yeah. there obviously hensley would have been anyway but cab was there as well and i'm sure they were selling or auctioning off certain stuff and i remember that was kind of way maybe where i first became aware uh, of what you're doing and i just think it's so positive and so cool and and so interesting and i would love to um if you're up for it kind of first of all learn a bit about you and and your journey and and what you know led to the the birth of this amazing project punk rock and paintbrushes but i feel like to get there i want to know more about you first is that all right if we pry yeah. open <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm ready i can answer questions or <laughs> share so what took you to australia was that love was it work um was it just the geographical allure of life down under what was it that took you down there and how you said you're down there 10 years right yeah yeah so i was living in san diego going to san diego state college here and just knew that i kind of wanted a little bit of a change and uh english-speaking country and surfing but it wasn't like something i've dreamed of for many years of my life but i decided to move there so i moved there when i was 19 and um 
actually a, a interesting story that I don't share all the time, but I was a, I was a soccer player growing up and I actually went to San Diego state for soccer on a soccer scholarship, got heavily injured and stopped. And so I went to Australia and ended up playing water polo at Sydney university, which was, um, which was, uh, yeah, a wonderful experience. And so I went over there for, for college basically is what it was or for university and then came back and, you know, kept continuing on here and, uh, finished that up and thought, you know, I, I kind of want to go back there. I don't kind of want to like hold off on the, like a whole adult thing. Um, and so I would go I'll back drink to, to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still actually holding off on that. Still, so. same, yeah. Going well, it's going well. So, um, but yeah, so I then went, yeah, moved to Sydney and lived there, uh, kind of in and out for about 10 years, but had some, had some time back in San Diego. Um, I would come back for the work tour for the summertime here in the US. And so I did that actually for many summers. So I would go to Australia for 10 months, come here for two months, do warp tour, go back and forth. Um, but I ended up, I always say, oh, I just moved back, but no, it's been like over 10 years now back in San Diego, which is so crazy to me because when I moved to Sydney, I thought it was my forever. I thought I'd live there forever and I did it, which is totally fine. And I'm, I'm super happy to yeah be back. And so, um, yeah, that's how, like what event, what initially got me to Sydney, but, but, um, we were, I was working mostly in music over there doing like bookings and, um, putting on shows. I actually was booking a lot of us bands in Southeast Asia, which was kind of random. I was working for a company there, but doing, you know, a tour in Australia is like four stops and then it's over, you know, it's, uh, yeah. what is it? So Brisbane, going, Melbourne, like, Sydney. Perth. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the same circuit. It's like, Oh my God, really? I'm in Brisbane again or doing out the same. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of uninteresting in some ways, but it was okay. So yeah, I was over there for a while, but, um, yeah, landed back home in San Diego uh, 10 plus years ago and very happy to be here. So, And how about, because the Warp Tour is this fascinating traveling circus of kind of organized chaos, it seems like, from the outside in. I never, <laughs> I never got to partake in it, sadly, um, but, you know, I've obviously been around festival environments my whole life. So I'd love to, uh, how does that involvement begin, first of all? How do you start out working with and for the Warp Tour? So I actually, for the first year I did it was in 2002 and that band, uh, the Ataris actually, uh, yep. they're, they're like still they're like family to me. Um, so that was kind of, I always blame, blame them actually on everything. So, um, but yeah, so kind of like started working with them, but you know, Kevin Lyman has this podcast right now and it's so great. And, uh, you just can't explain it. It's one of those things like you try to explain it, but you can't. And it's just like this thing in your mind, like I have to go out and, you know, for me being young at the time, it was like, I have to go out and sell merch for 10 hours in 110 degree weather. Like, like this just has to happen. And I'm like, who who the hell would want that? Like, it's so crazy. And it's so funny, but you just have this, like, it's like this, this thing you must do for however long. And then your time stops and, and then it just stops and it's totally great. And, you know, my last year was, oh my gosh, you know, 13 years ago or something now, but what's such an amazing thing is I was just talking about Kevin in a different podcast is that all of 
the artists from punk rock and paintbrushes are are from warp tour are like we're friends from warp tour you know back gosh 19 years ago or whatever year it was and and continuing on you know some of them i did meet in the last 10 years friends of friends or whomever they are but for the most part you know that's where it started from and it's such a beautiful thing because you know there's these things that come in our life such as you know me at 19 selling merch on warp tour in the hot in the heat and you're like what 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 am i doing here you know and then uh however many 20 years later it's like oh oh okay that was that was the purpose of it all you know that we are now all this community and you know lifting each other up with art and showcasing each other's talents in ways that you know uh we didn't do 20 years ago but now we're doing and it's so great to do yeah you you touch on there what i think is really special about the work that you do and why i wanted to get you on the show um, and kind of getting to flick through the book today and really get a sense of that community spirit, which, you know, is really at the heart, I think, of punk and why punk is different as a genre. First of all, I guess it is, and it's more than that. But as a musical style, um, it just seems different to, to metal and indie and, and these other guitar-based um, sounds, right, and communities in that everybody does seem to be kind of bound by a commonality, um, you know, whether that's a philosophical thing or, or just like an emotional family. Um, there's something, I think there's a thread, which if you're still in like the punk game, whatever your role is at a certain point in life and you are a lifer, you are kind of just intangibly or whatever the word would be, like linked forever bound to yeah. everybody that's in the scene, right? That's how I've always oh. felt about it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, my, some of my closest friends are people I've known for, yeah, 20 years or so. And from, you know, early music days and everything. And, and that's the really trippy thing is that we haven't seen each other in the last year and a half, you know, it's been this lull really. And so people haven't crossed paths on tours or on, um, you know, or on festival dates or whatnot, they've been separated because of the pandemic. And so it's nice to be able to bring these people together. I, there can't be a festival or a concert anytime soon, but we can have, you know, art shows and so forth. And so, yeah, I think it's one of those things, you know, I go to, we have our art exhibit at Punk Rock Bowling and we, uh, you know, it's, it's very, you know, punk rock and, and all the kids, the kids that come or whatever, you know, but, you know, me and my staff were there and we had someone say, you know, they go, oh, wow, you guys look like punk rock stewardess because <laughs> we all have these like, you know, little outfits and, and, and I'm thinking like, hey, I am, I am punk rock, I swear, you know, I, I used to look more punk rock when I was 16 years old, but, <laughs> you know, and that's it is like, it doesn't leave us, you know, it's always, it's always there. And it's the funny thing. Growing like, old disgracefully, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's just that thing of like, I, I was just telling a friend of mine this morning, we are doing this whole project on, it's called Music Matters, and we're raising money for different nonprofits, and we're releasing art prints. And the art prints are by the artist or photographer. And then with the musician signs, the prints. So it's this whole campaign we're doing. We're releasing them once a month. So I was in contact with Milo Ackerman from The Descendants. 
And I found out, you know, he was, he lives on, on the East coast. It was like, okay, well, let's, let's knock a couple of these out when I'm over there. So Greg Graffin lives on the East coast. So I flew out. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to the East coast. So we, I flew out to do the project with, the, with Greg and Milo. And I was telling a friend, I go, yeah. And they're both college professors. <laughs> and it's like two men who are so punk rock so punk rock punk rock legends i mean their bands are just the most amazing bands we can think of but they're these grown men who are extremely intelligent and punk you know and 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 university professors and i just i loved it it was so wonderful to know that you know, there is this other side of it. And, and it's funny, you said, you know, you look at punk rock and then with the book, we have a variety of, of artists in it. And someone like Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5, he's in it. And some people will look and go, oh, okay, Jurassic 5's hip hop. And it's like, you know, me and Charlie did an art tour together a few years ago, or it was just him and I for a month. And it's like, that guy's punk rock. He is punk, you know? And it's like, you think about his life and it's like, that's really what we're talking about. You know, it, we're not, we are touching upon the punk rock of the music, but also the lifestyle and the mindset and all of that. And that's why we chose specifically all of these artists in the book, because they're all, they're all that in their own way. Yeah. Well, hip hop is very much the same in this. It's a DIY um approach isn't it and it's all about just picking up the pen the paper you know the spray can it's exactly the same culture of just like don't wait until somebody's giving you approval to you know start a group or whatever it's like you just pick up the instruments that you need to get it done and get it done and skateboarding and punk are obviously so intrinsically forever linked um and yeah i mean the the skaters that you've got involved in this book and, and in the project to full stop just you know again icons of their their game yeah, and that is a really interesting um, element, I guess, to punk rock and paintbrushes because the skateboarders, Steve Caballero, Christian Asoy, Jason Adams, Matt Hensley, um, you know, those are our main skaters. And when I started first, like, working with Steve Caballero, you know, I skated as a, as a kid, but that was about it. And I'm watching the, the people, you know, speak to Steve have their interactions. And I kind of was like, you know, what's, what's going on here? Like, cause I don't know much about his skateboarding career to like, be totally honest. I'm, I was never involved in skateboarding that world, you know, uh, we were both on, you know, work tour back in the day and I would love watching the skaters on the vert ramp. And that was, that was the extent of it or going to X games, but I don't know. I never followed it. So when I, started working with Steve and then Christian, it was like, oh, this is interesting. So I finally, you know, I was like, Steve, you gotta, you gotta tell me about your life more one day. Like, you gotta really tell me about it. And he's, he has, and he's told me, you know, and you know, they're both so humble, but it's like, they're going to tell me about their life and you know what they've done. But I mean, it's just so wonderful. And I'll just share this, like one experience is, um, is Steve started listening to the band Rise Against, which um, are a very important part of punk rock and paintbrushes, as you probably uh, learned about. And um, one of my friends in the band is a huge skateboarding fan, you know? So 
we were at punk rock bowling and they were both like equally, equally excited to meet each other. And so, you know, steving fans of each other, you know, and these are two men that are, you know, 40, 50 years old. And yeah, they met, they met up and uh, it was just so magical. Cause it's like, they look up to each other, punk rock and skateboarding back and forth, but in different ways, you know? And it was such a cool thing. And I see that a lot with the skateboarders, um, you know, I, I have, and uh, not naming names, but <laughs> we did a, we did a photo shoot recently and I had one of my musicians come up, you know, and he's like, is that Christian Asoy? It's like, yeah. He's like, can you, can you introduce me? And like, this is a well-known musician, you know? And yeah, he's like, yeah. oh my God, oh my gosh. And it was like, oh my God, that's so great. Cause you know, and so they're, they're all like excited about each other. You know, they all like are motivated with each other. And these are, you know, and these are, these are men and women who have had 20, 30, 40 years of success. And so it's really, really cool to have that like cross pollination of skateboarding and punk rock music or hip hop, you know, and have that all, you know, having Charlie Tuna when he was at the photo shoot, you know, and he's looking at people like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like I, you know, remember this and that. And he came out, we did a, like a virtual type of art show at Christmas time. Um, it was, I, I, I guess now we can share, but uh, Fat Mike lives up in LA and has this big property. So we actually held it on his tennis court, <laughs> which we tried to not make it look like that, but it was on Mike's <laughs> tennis court, you know? And so we're all hanging out and Charlie's just tripping out, hasn't seen him in 25 years, you know? And so this community are, is bringing these people back together that haven't seen each other in 25 years. So you have Charlie Tuna, you know, the, the, the master of hip hop and Fat Mike, the, you know, uh, a great, from a great punk rock band and just like totally stoked to see each other again after that many years. And it was such a, it's such a great thing. And that's what we're trying to do as well with, you know, punk rock and paintbrushes. So. Yeah, it seems, it just seems from the outside looking in um, as somebody who understands all of those worlds very well, like just so organic. Um, and, you know, it's it's clear to me that everybody who is involved is there for all the right reasons. Uh, and, you know, that one example that you just shared is, you know, a case in point of how everybody's just a fan of everybody else, um, no matter how successful they are. You know, you can still be a fan and be the biggest star in skateboarding or in punk rock or whatever it is. Totally. Um, and what's even more interesting to me, and I hope you take this compliment well, um, or I'm sure you will, but I don't know whether you're comfortable with compliments, but it's coming at you anyway. <laughs> for me, it takes a very special kind of a person to bring all of these people together. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether it's solely you, but it's clear from reading the book and, you know, just sort of seeing the Instagram reflections of this world that you're very much like the kind of the caretaker of this community. Um, and that takes a special kind of a, a character and a soul to, to bring these people together in this kind of a way. So I'd love to kind of get an insight into where you think that maybe comes from in you. Um, have you always been somebody that just likes to facilitate meetings of minds and, and help strengthen groups of people by bringing them together and elevating each other? Is that something you think you've always been aware of or did it set in at a certain point and then did you start implement, implementing it from then going forward? Yeah, um, I mean, I've... You know, I, I don't say, oh, I'm an introvert because that people be like, what? But at the same time, you know, I am someone who I know what I can give and I um, 
you know, I, like I said, I am a surfer. I uh, live by myself and I have a lot of, I know what I need to, I know what I need from myself to give out. I see a lot of people that give too much and then they're just like, there's nothing there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, when we started one of our first shows, we had five or six people, uh, five or six artists on the show and every person is so different. Every per every artist I work with is so different, but they're all very similar. And I do understand it. But when I started working with, um, you know, any of the artists, it's not just, I don't start working with them and the next day go, oh, I get it now. No, it's everyone's different. It's like everyone we come across, you have a different relationship with. I always tell people, I go 20, 20% of my job is to work with art. You know, 80% of my job is to work with individuals and people and a lot of these people are well we have men and women but a lot of them are say 50 or so year old men and so and some of them are very successful musicians so people just assume that oh they they know they're great at this and that and you know no 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 that's not it at all you need to motivate people constantly no matter who they are, what they do. I've been a production assistant um, for uh, like pop, not pop, but kind of pop, some pop acts, rock bands, large, large group, you know, very large popular groups. And I've dealt with those type of personalities. And it doesn't matter if you're headlining Coachella or Lollapalooza, you know, you still are human and you still need to know that what you're doing is appreciated and everything. And so I think with the artists and the people in the book and in punk rock and paintbrushes, we, you know, I need to understand them individually. You know, I don't treat Warren the same that I treat Soma, the same that I treat uh, Steve Caballero, you know, it's all totally different and I care about them and I'm not pretending this and that, like I, care about them. And what's interesting is when the pandemic came last year, I was out of state till August. So I was gone and, you know, I would touch base with everyone and give them phone calls and email or whatever, text messages. Hey, how you doing? Da, da, da. And it was cool, but it wasn't until I got back to California in August last year that I then felt that, you know, the book started coming and then the artist started thinking, oh, okay, okay, Emily's back. She does care. You know? And I was like, Hey, I'm calling you every other week. I do. Didn't that mean it? And it's like, no, nah, you gotta like have a face to face and have that like genuine, like, let's go to coffee, you know, or let's, and I'm not, I'm not constantly, you know, talking to the artists. Like I don't go see Matt Hensley, who, you know, is my neighbor and constantly talk about art, you know, we, we talk about our cats or whatever it is, you know, and that's what it is, is these relationships, because these artists aren't creating art just as art, like they're like pouring their hearts on their sleeves. I mean, it's intimate, it's intimate, and it's very, very personal when they bring their art. So to trust me with it is, is a lot. I, I can't, you don't just show, give someone your art and say, oh, I want you to represent me or this and that. You know, it's like, it's like their music. They put their music out. And then even with the book, 
they're not sharing like, you know, once upon a time I was born on this date and then I joined a band in the end or whatever, you know, that's not their stories. If you've, you've seen the book and it's like, they've read, like they share these really intimate parts of their life. And I had to like push them and I, and I know these little parts of their lives. And so some of them I'd say, Hey, you know, I think you should share about that. I think that's important and people should know about it. It was like, you think, yes, I do. Please. I would really, I would really, uh, be happy if you shared that part. And so people start digging deeper into their lives to share these certain chapters of their, you know, of their lives. And I think that's important, but yeah, I mean, that's, have I always been like that? I don't think so, but you know, as, as you know, and I guess I'll just share quickly, if you don't mind the whole start of punk rock and paintbrushes, if that of course, please do. Yeah, Tim's okay. just Tim's a dear friend as well. He's been on this show and he's a beautiful man. And yeah, I love that it was born in, in that, you know, moment, obviously from something very traumatic, but, you know, something really beautiful has come out of it. But yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, the story is told often, but, um, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2006 and in 2007, um, I went to remission. So the next year, And yeah, so his song Survive was, you know, very important to me and it kind of really struck with me. And so we just did this painting together, which is like, (laughs) it's like not good. (laughs) We always laugh about it, but it's not, it's like not, like neither of us are our painters, you know, but we did it. And it was like, sentiment was there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried hard. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking at the original right now. It's, it's on my wall. It's traveled around the world with me. So, um, but yeah, so we did it and, you know, and it came from this traumatic experience I went through and how music really like helped me get through it. And so I actually have like the lyrics actually tattooed down the side of my body and, uh, you know, long behold, Rock Against Cancer started and we work, we start working with different musicians and artists and I mean, have just the most amazing, we've had such great experiences and people step forward to do be a part of rock against cancer. And as you know, we worked with people who um, were affected by cancer and then musicians, but the whole thing with rock against cancer, and this is just a personal opinion of mine is I'm not looking for a, um, I'm not looking for a cure for cancer tomorrow. You know, I, I don't know, hopefully it could come. I'm looking to better the lives of those that are going through an experience such as that a life-threatening illness and when i went because what did it do for you as well how how did you get through it mentally it was really hard i was very young i was um it was like what what hodgkin's lymphoma you know like what does this even mean you know it was just wild but the crazy part is that because i was living in australia i had moved back here and i had zero health insurance so i had like I had no help from anything. Like I was like selling clothing. I was sewing, designing, sewing to like put food on my plate. I'm, uh, you know, a financially independent person. So I'm bald and sick and ill, but I need to eat my dinner, but I can't work because I'm so ill. So then I need to like sew clothing. It's like that, like that's fucked up, you know, like, I I need to just survive, but instead I'm thinking about my finances. I don't want anyone to experience that. 
I want to be able to fund someone go, oh, you're ill, you have no insurance, you have no this. Well, let's give you $10,000, just get you through this time frame. you know, to focus on being okay for yourself and not, you know, and so that's what we want to do is better the lives of those people, help those people out financially um, that are experiencing something like that. Um, you know, even if they have other financial means, okay, well, you want to go on a trip? Well, let's send you on a trip or whatever. So that's what Rock Against Cancer began just to, you know, um, better the lives of those that were in the experience that I had that I don't really want someone to have that. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was hard, but I, you know, and then there's that other part of me that says, I wouldn't trade the world for that. I wouldn't, I, I am so grateful and I'm so blessed that I, I had cancer. That sounds weird, but it's the truth. I completely understand. I broke my back about nine years ago now and spent three months in hospital whilst the bones healed and, you know, nearly died that way. And so I've definitely been not to the same place as you, but I've been to a similar place where you go through something so traumatic and painful, both emotionally and physically. But in the process of making it through to the other side, you grow so much, you learn so much and you feel so much stronger and oh yeah, just more focused in your core and more present in the moment and more grateful to be alive. And so many beautiful things do come out of these near death, traumatic, right. horrendous experiences, don't they? That you can then apply to life going forward in positive, meaningful ways. Oh, totally. And that's exactly it. And so, you know, when, when we did the painting and then we had rock against cancer and then what happened was a bunch of, uh, you know, musicians kind of said, Oh, you know, I'm an artist. I want to do a painting, a whole painting. And so that's when like, I started finding out that a lot of musicians are painters. It was like, well, of course they are, you know, they're artists. That makes total sense. And I'm telling you, I still know a bunch of them out there that will not show their art <laughs> still. And I'm like, Hey, want to show you? And they're amazing. Like they're amazing, but they're just like, Nope, this is for me. These are just in my studio. I'm not showing anyone, you know, which is totally fine. But um, with that, you know, we started uh, the next year uh, or a few months after a Rock Against Cancer event that I knew some artists or musicians were also artists. We had an art show. We had a few people on and it was great. We, we put it together in like a week and a bit. It was so quick. And I was like, well, that was cool. And all of the artists that after that show contacted me and they were just saying, wow, that was kind of scary. And that was really intimate, but yeah, we should, we should do another show, you know? And it was like, okay, let's, I guess let's do it, you know? So it kind of fell in my lap, you know? And so we started um, doing more shows and it started, you know, growing more. And then I actually had a, um, I had some art at, at uh, Punk and Drublick. So that would have been in 2017, I think. So it was pretty recent. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, it was Mike's festival and I put the merch walls up, um, you know, the, like the, the created stuff. I put the merch walls up, hung some, you know, art up that was say, you know, thousand, two thousand dollars And I'm like under this like dirty pop-up tent and I'm like selling art. And I was just like, okay, this is like, this is not good. You know, it was like, this is weird. This is not, I'm not, I, I like, there's the person next to me selling t-shirts. I have the same setup selling thousand dollar art so it was cool but I was like this needs to change so we had a builder like build the entire festival uh the festival exhibit 
not the fest the festival exhibit build the whole festival exhibit design it we had like this red carpet and lighting and huge tent and it, it literally was an art gallery in the middle of a festival and so when that started it just kind of grew from there because you have this built-in audience and then these artists are constantly on the road and so when we started doing the festivals it was like we have a built-in audience you know say the vandals are playing well cool then warren's already here so let's do a meet and greet or you know blink 182 is headlining okay let's have matt skiba already come do a meet and greet so it was so cool so it just like it made so much sense you know it tied in those people and we do it in a way where you know we'll ship out the art we'll hold the art the whole festival so people aren't running around with art at a music festival you know of course yeah but yeah that just element after that started it just kind of started growing more and more and more people decided hey i want to you know be a part of this so yeah you should come over to the uk one day get involved with slam dunk festival over here i know mike is doing pumpkin drublick over here this year he did it last year as well didn't do it last year <laughs> he did it the year before last year when festivals were a thing and i'm you know hoping there'll be a thing again but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, as you say, it's that inbuilt audience and, you know, they want that, I think, as much as, as anybody who likes art wants to kind of go to the, the source of what their tastes are, you know, people who yeah. like music are going to want to buy art by musicians that they love, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And that's, that's it. I mean, 2020, or excuse yeah, 2020, we were booked up, you know, and we were going over, we were going over there, so... I guess that's not really much of a secret anymore, but yeah, so we were, we were booked to go over there and it was just like, okay, we're going to fly from here to there. And I was like, oh my gosh, how's this going to happen? But we'll make it happen. And it was just like, we were booked up for 10 months. I was actually out in New Zealand when everything got weird and uh, got back ready to, you know, go on the road for 10 months. Um, and yeah, well that changed, but you know, it's okay. But yeah, that's the thing is like, we're really now at a point where, if festivals start in September, okay, so we can, we're, we're booked on some out there, you know, in September. And then this summer we'll do a lot of stuff with the book. And then next year it's like, you know, it's gonna, hopefully it'll be full on and we'll be traveling the world with it, you know, and, and bringing these artists art to people that want to see it, you know, that's kind of our goal. So Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, also as well, I wrote a book last year, um, and I'm sure my book was born out of exactly the same circumstances as yours, which was just, oh, life's on pause right now, and you actually have the time to do it because everything is time right and when you're constantly on the move and hustling and grinding and doing what it is that we do in our different lanes when that's removed then obviously it's heartbreaking and it's you know it's sad and you know bad for so many reasons but the positive in all of it is that it facilitated i'm sure for you guys the time to get the stories from the artists to accompany their work to go in their chapters and would you have made this book do you think were it not for the pandemic at least maybe not yet right no i don't think we would have made it at i don't think we would have made it at all i mean we're i'm busy with punk rock and paintbrushes the artists are busy with their art with their music with everything it's just not even would have wouldn't even crossed our mind you know um when i did come back in august so it was warren's idea the whole book and we were going to do art classes and then he had said well let's do a book to go with the art classes like okay and I had so many ideas come to me um, and I've shared this before, but it was like, well, why don't we do this virtual thing or this virtual thing? And I was like, oh my God, like another, vir- you know, I'm just, that's just not me or like. I miss, doing, I miss doing these face to face so much. Zoom has yeah. been great. It's been great, but yeah, it's, it's just not the same. And I hope, I don't think it will ever replace the real thing because the real thing's just that much more meaningful, isn't it? And oh yeah. And I'm like this old, you know, I, I, uh, definitely am a you know yeah face-to-face person and i can't get the message across you know all of artists i'll call them there and then they kind of go can you just meet up tomorrow it's like yes i can because you just can't get the message across you know whatever it is and i want to talk to you about my art i want to you know let's go look at it together you know and so yeah then when the book idea so all of these virtual things came in and all these ideas it was like okay yeah that's that sounds cool i guess like it's fine. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't stoked on it. And then, um, yeah, when the book idea came across my plate, it was like, Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. I can, yeah, this sounds good. And I reached out to everyone I wanted and everyone was absolutely in. And I was like, okay, well, so let's do this. Um, so tomorrow you're going to start writing. And I mean, so we got the idea in August and we turned like the final book in, I think the first week of November. So it basically got put together in a couple of months, which, which is crazy. But at the end of the day, the artists were home. They've been reflecting on themselves for the last eight months. They were, you know, had time to do it. They had ghostwriters, they had photographers. I just lifted everyone. I, I hope to lift everyone up with, you know, their team behind them. I just put everyone, I kind of scheduled everyone and helped them with how can I help you do this? You know, so what we didn't put together a 220 page, I didn't put together a 220 page book. I didn't write it. I wrote my chapter. Warren wrote his chapter. Jason Cruz wrote his chapter. So it was like all like a bunch of different ones, but our designer 
is amazing. And I mean, she had, she did the most work really like putting it all together and everything. So would it have happened last year without the pandemic? No way it wouldn't have. And then would it have happened in general? I have no idea. I don't think it would have because we're just busy. And that's the funny thing is, you know, we didn't start punk rock and paintbrushes and say, you know, one day I want to write a book, you know, um, I remember actually in April when things were super strange last year, I wanted to write a memoir. I've always thought I wanted to write a memoir about my life. Cause there's a lot of interesting parts, I guess. And a friend, uh, Jack Grisham from TSOL, he's a writer. His book written... just arrived the other day. I just ordered it. The American Demon, oh, it's called, yeah? No, which one? Is it called American Demon? Yes. Yeah. So great. I can't so wait great. to read it. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I called him. I remember I was in the woods in Washington, and I'm, like, talking to him. And, and I think I'm, I, mean, I ordered this book on how to write a memoir, and I'm talking to him. And I, like, and I just start, you know, writing a memoir, actually. That was in April. Ordered the book and got it. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, I call him back in August. I'm like, okay, I'm not writing a memoir, but I'm writing this coffee table book. And he's like, okay, I'm like, let's do it. You know, and that's a cool thing too, is I had so many people I was able to reach out to like Jack and say, so do you do this? Do you like, I, you know, managing artists and putting on art shows versus putting out a book is a completely different situation you know so when I decided to do that I, I speak to my brother my oldest brother a lot about my company because he's a he owns like a dot-com company in Silicon Valley and you know that but it's a lot of it's similar you know he, he guides me a lot with business matters and I reached out and I asked about the book and he's just you know like so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a down basically that my money for a down payment on a house I'm gonna put towards this book is this a good idea and he's just like no don't, don't do that. You know, cause it's like, you're taking a risk. It was like, okay, well I am, but you know, and it was, and that's what it was, is this huge risk. But I thought of it and having so many, have my thought was this with Warren in August and having so many strange occurrences in our life and having the pandemic happen and just not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, you know, and I was going to go buy a house last year, like literally, and I was, I, you know, put this book out instead. And I thought to myself, I thought, what if, what if all of a sudden, you know, what am I leaving in the world? Like you always talk about legacy, like, what are you leaving? Okay. Well, I don't have children, you know, I'm not planning on having children. I have a family. But I thought to myself, you know, if we can put this book out and and gather these pieces of information and these messages and bring them to at least 2,500 people in the world in my lifetime, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I would rather do that and send the message of what I'm hoping to send than, you know, go pass along some silly house or, you know, whatever it is. And that was kind of my motivation towards it and why I decided to take that big risk of putting it out. And, you know, and then you're putting it out in the middle of a pandemic and it was like, oh, well, do we do this? And then, you know, reaching out to these people, these supporters. And it's like, everyone's just kind of like freaked out last fall. Like, is our world ending? What's going on? It was like, I don't know, but let's just like send this message of hope, you know, cause I think we need it. And I'm so grateful that we did do it in 2020 and not 2022 and not 2025. Cause it's different. It's all different, you know? 
it's important that this was written during a pandemic because people that love music and that work in music, they get it. They understand what happened this last year, but people that are not involved in that community, they don't get it. And I don't think they will. I don't think they will. You know, my family, they have, you know, corporate jobs. My father was a lawyer, all that. And I explained to them how hard it's been on the music community, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. It's like, you, you can't explain it. You know, you can't explain that your friend who's a production manager is making 10% of their income right now, you know, or your, or your friend that, you know, sells out stadium tours as the performer doesn't have that. And, and I had this, um, I had this situation happen over Christmas where um, it's not just, oh, they lost their job, right? These musicians didn't just like lose their income, let's say. They lost what they love to do, you know? They love performing and they love sharing themselves with these crowds. And it's been hard because, you know, they'll talk to people, everything's good, everything's good. And that's another part of it. And then they'll, I'll get phone calls from artists I work for and they're like, this is hard, Emily. We're not talking about art at all. We're talking about a lot of other things. They're struggling, you know, and that's, I feel really, really grateful for them to trust me and to reach out to me on a very, very personal level and to share what the pandemic brought. And so that's why a lot of it was like, well, let's, let's do this book, you know, let's do the book. And, and it was so cool. So over Christmas, a friend of mine, Sarah, Sarah Rose, Wright, She's a photographer. She actually shot for um, she shot for the book and, um, she shot their group photos and she shot a lot of the artist photos and she was in our like virtual show. Cause we did feature a bunch of photographers. So she decided, you know, she thought, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to purchase an original from one of the artists. And it was a very pricey piece. And so her husband, um, got it for her for the Chris for Christmas present. So they got the, they got the gift. I went and got the original piece I, from the art from Charlie Tuna, you know, out in like more East Los Angeles. I went down to Orange County, delivered. I think this was on actually Christmas Eve. I think it actually was. It was on Christmas Eve. So they're doing their family thing. Went back to Sarah's, delivered the piece. It was so, they were so stoked. They have it in their house. I mean, they just are so happy. And then I woke up the next morning and Sarah sold like, six different fo photographs overnight and it was just like oh my gosh talk about like I don't think it's called paying it forward but like karma like what is that you know what I mean it's like she decides I'm going to support this artist and not less than 12 hours later someone goes on the website and buys like two thousand dollars a painting or two thousand dollars of photographs and I was like this is so awesome I mean I was just like so stoked it's like that kind of stuff I go okay let's keep it let's keep the train moving you know because it's like those type of things are so special and I woke up to that like I think it was on Christmas and reached out I was like you just you know and, and shared with her what happened and she was like like gosh you know it was so exciting and and it's just such and like so with that actually with that um uh purchase it was sarah shoots a lot of her husband's her husband's band which is green day it's mostly all you know green day pieces 
And I told them, and it was so great because her husband, her husband thought, oh, I know who the, I know who the, let me guess who the buyer was and knew and knew who the girl was. And I thought that's such a special thing because taking this person, this um, buyer, her name's Kat, actually, I'll just give her a shout out, <laughs> but she loves that band, you know, and I know how much Green Day means to her. You know, she shared that with me. And for the last year and a bit, she hasn't seen them live, you know, and she has had that hole in her life of where Green Day used to be and is not there. So now she has this, she can, she can get closer to the band. She, her favorite band through these photographs that, you know, um, that Sarah took and that Trey signed. And it's like, that's so rad. It's so rad, you know, and that's another big like drive and purpose of mine is that, you know, I'm sure we all have our favorite band. Right. And, and imagine, you know, I don't go to live shows for fun all the time now because I'm, you know, working a lot of them, but imagine being 19 and your favorite band or whatever age. And then all of a sudden, bam, not seeing live music, you know, not seeing that band for a year and a bit. It's like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? So being able to connect to those bands through art or through a signed photograph is so special. You know, we're doing this music matters piece and we just released the great Graffin piece um, a few weeks ago. And, and he was totally happy to be a part of it, which I felt I was, I reached out to the artist and I was like, you know, to have Greg a part of this is, is amazing. Like that's really special, you know? And yeah, it's, I mean, it's sold out in four minutes it's sold out because people, bad religion fans are like, I need bad religion in my life. They want bad religion and they don't have it. It's not there, you know? And then they have this art piece. Well, it's not a live show, but it's something. And that's what I think is really, really wonderful with punk rock and paintbrushes the last year is that we have still tried to connect these musicians and creators to their fans. And so hopefully the book, you know, people all over the world, like we can't go to the UK because of the pandemic still, but hopefully, you know, people all over the world can still get the book and kind of get an insight on what the artists have been going through. Like we have social media, but you know, it's so great. I'm so excited for all the artists to read their pieces because I feel like some of them are going to read it and just say, Oh my gosh. Like I, I told everyone this. <laughs> you know? well, there's you know. definitely a sense that you're getting to learn things about them that you don't through traditional, say, magazine interviews yeah. when they're promoting their new record. Um, it's a whole different side to their character and their soul. Before I forget this point as well, I really wanted to say, you mentioned the word a few times, connecting. And it's that's exactly why I do this show. And it's so important, I think, to me within this last year, particularly to keep those connections stoked and strong and with fans of music you know you're looking at an artist or a band or whatever it is and you're a fan of their work and i think through being a fan often of somebody's creative output there's just a high likelihood that you're going to get on with them personally as well not all the time but if you like somebody's work and what they stand for the chances are you're going to feel the same about certain things in the world and you're going to have certain similarities and common interests. And I find that all the time with people who either I speak to for this show or even people who listen to my show or whatever it is. It's like when you get to meet the person who creates something that you like, there's this commonality there. And it's like, well, of course there is because you're coming from a very similar place. And so to nurture that is very important and very special um, and awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, 
whenever I speak with the artists I work with about their art and what they want to do, I always ask them, who is your favorite artist or who is your favorite musician? Let's think about that. You know, and they, they'll make something. Well, like, do you think someone will like this? I go, look, cause they don't know. They don't understand. Um, you know, I've learned through like Tim Armstrong's in our book and he's so loved. He's so loved by so many people. And he's a, just a dear friend of mine. And we talk and I always say, okay, who's your guy? Who's your guy? Or who's your girl? Who's the one that you love? And like, I love Robert Smith myself, <laughs> you know? And I always think that I think if Robert Smith did this or that, would I get it? Oh, he- whatever. What, what do you need? I'll like sign my soul over for anything of his, you know? And that's how a lot of these musicians are looked at, you know, they're looked at like that. So I try to bring them out of their element and go, okay, well, let's think about who, who's your, who's your person, you know? And then let's think about that. They're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I get it. It's like, you're really loved. Like, you know, you're loved a lot. Right. You know? And so that was the cool part. And like with, with Tim actually, um, as you might know, but he doesn't really like to do press. Um, and so he's the the great enigma, Tim Armstrong. He's just, (laughs) he's, he's so mysterious. And yeah, I know Dan, his manager very well. And, uh, I've asked Dan several times, like, do you think he'd do this? And he's like, and Lars probably will, but Tim, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And I respect that. You know, I think certain people just, they're not, comfortable with sharing their inner thoughts are they they'd rather just keep it their cards close to their chest well that's yeah and i've realized that with working you know we did a whole art tour with rancid uh in 2019 and it was so awesome and tim really puts you know he puts his heart out on his sleeve but he doesn't do press and that's his own uh that's his own idea and that's fine and and he was going to be in the book in august and then he wasn't and he was going to do his own book and you know so um, he's working on different things. And then I've, I've shared this, but we were, you know, going to print right shortly after. And uh, we were just getting coffee or, you know, just hanging out. Um, Tim, Tim is sober as am I, we connect a lot on that. Um, and so, you know, we've been, we've become very close in the last few years because we have a lot of similarities and we were just talking and he kind of was like, yeah, I think I want to do the book. Are you still doing the book? You know? And it was like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's basically done, but okay. Yeah, yeah, of course let's do it. You know? And it was like, let's do it tomorrow. And so we pulled and the, he's team the first together. chapter now, right? He's the first, isn't he? When you open the yeah, book. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> last in, first in. I know. Loves it. <laughs> the last in, the first, the first to come. I showed him the book last week and he's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, well, do you know what's super cool is I had no idea about his admiration and, and connection to Shepard Fairey. I had no idea. Yeah. And so, so you read that and you're like, oh, and he's like the guy who got him started in, in that lane and encouraged him to pick up a brush. And how cool is that? And, you know, that's the thing that your book does, which no other interviews that I've read with a lot of these people um, yeah. ha- have shown or taught me as a fan of their work is like, oh, this is like an actual insight into who they are, not as a musician, but as a human and by yeah. extension, an artist. Totally. And that was actually, so it was so interesting when we were doing his chapter, you know, we pulled it all together. I had a writer and, you know, Tim was like, okay, I, you know, you, you like, you're going to be with, uh, with me. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Like, let's, you know, it's all good. I told the writer that, you know, what, what we were going to do and had it all planned. And we just met up the three of us at his studio. Um, it was so great. And the writer actually just wrote this uh, fiction novel his name is Matthew Hutch- Hutchison 
and he wrote a fiction novel and he was like going on about this uh novel to me and tim for about 20 minutes and me and tim are like what like he's telling this true story it was so amazing to hear this like super passionate writer about his story and then we sat there for probably two or three hours, the three of us, and just talked. We just talked. And he didn't take out a notepad. He didn't record him. Tim said, I don't want him to be recorded. Okay. So he took out the notepad and he just, you know, um, wrote, he just knew the story. And I was like, if you have any questions, like factual questions, I, I can share with you. I know him well enough. But it was so great because I would, you know, pipe in here and there when I knew I knew certain little things. And that was one thing with Shepard, you know, Shepard Fairey kind of elevated Tim's art and, and brought Tim's art to the forefront. Tim always created art, but he didn't show people. And Shepard was the one that motivated Tim and he still works with him very, very closely. And so when he was sharing that experience, you know, I, I think me and Tim like to do this kind of give each other hard questions sometimes. And I said, okay. So Shepard did that to you. So who are you doing that to? Or who will you do that to? Because you have to do that to someone. You know, it was like, you're in that position to do that. And he's kind of like, oh, wow. It's like, yeah, you are. Like, like, let's, let's give, let's give what you were given, you know? And he said, he said, you know, for music, he felt he was telling me about the interrupters and he shared with, um, you know, how he has, brought the interrupters to a platform and and that's a that's a thousand percent correct and I think and I thought wow that's so amazing and he shared the whole story with how he brought the interrupters and so I was like that's great but I think it really got him thinking like okay so that's what I did with music so what about art and that's the whole thing of it you know we're not like given these things in life where we're like oh that was nice let me just hold it close to my chest and not share share that with anyone or do that for anyone else you know let me do that to whomever else and I think that's also like with this community is to take what we have and then, and then give it, give it on. Because as you know, like the artists in the book, you know, they're, they're mostly, I don't know, 40, 40 to 50 range, you know, whatever that looks like. But there's artists that are 18, 19, 20 musicians, but like, you know, that's not how old I am. So I'm not from that world. Yeah. But it's yeah, like, yeah. so how do we lift those people up? Like the last warp tour in 2018, I guess, like the last whole run, we did the California dates. Kevin brought us out and we did those dates and we brought out some kids from work to some kids, some musicians that were playing warp tour, but it's like, okay. And I'm like, I don't, you know. I don't know these people, but it was cool. It was nice, but it was like, wow. And so that is one thing that is a goal of mine to like elevate and to bring younger adults on and meaning like, you know, people in their twenties, like, um, we have one girl that I think she's in her twenties. She's an artist, but other than that, you know, everyone's a little bit older, which is totally great. And it's a tight knit community. That's for sure. But that's the question. Like when's the next there's also two sides there's two sides to that i think as well which is like you're in a certain pocket which i am too with guests that i get on this show you know i'm going to speak to people that i'm interested in that you know there's commonality there that's just a natural i think thing and then the other thing is like to be honest a lot of the people who are in your book probably don't appear in other press platforms you know because it is actually the younger bands that are getting all the coverage because there's almost like this thing with entertainment where it's like once you're past a certain age you're no longer 
worth anything you know and there's yeah, almost yeah. that side so i think it's really cool that you have people like um you know chris sherry and like like where yeah. else where else are you going to read an interview with that dude like and yeah. the, and the guy i forget his name but the guy who did the heavy petting album cover for no effects marcus alvo yeah you know i didn't even know of his name or his work at all i obviously knew that infamous cover and so for me it was really cool to get an insight into a lot of people who just don't get any kind of coverage in even the alternative press, let alone any sort of mainstream press. So I think it's really cool that they're of a certain vintage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's but the thing. But as you like, say, you pay it forward to and yeah. Yeah, but punk rock and paintbrushes, I mean, it started as only musicians, you know? It was only these, it was it was musicians. It was uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, Hunter Bergen from AFI, and Warren from the Vandals. And that was kind of our little group. And it was like, oh, and Wade Human from Under in Law. So it was like, okay, this is our thing. And then it kind of branched out. And then, uh, you know, I share, I share actually with um, me and uh, Soma uh, Snake Oil, we started this nonprofit together and she came out to an art show a few, you know, years ago. And she kind of said, oh, you know, I've done art, you know, do you think, um, I could show it to you sometime. And it was like, of course, she's one of my best friends. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. And then she shared it and it was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, her ex's, one of her ex's best friends buys all this art that's that Christmas. We're like, oh, this is good. This is cool. Okay, let's keep doing this, you know? So Soma got brought on board. And then all of a sudden, you know, Sarah Melvin, Eric's wife is now a part of it. And, and, you know, and then we had uh, Josh Freeze's son, Hunter was in one of our shows. So it's not just like, only these musicians, you know, and then we have Chris Sherry, who's worked with the descendants or Mark DeSalvo, you know, and so we have this, it's a community. And so when we will go out and, you know, that even the skate community, we've branched out into more. Um, we have an artist, uh, Paul Kobreiger, who works with Matt Hensley's wife at Transworld. And it's like, wait, what, you know, all these like connections, but is this incredible artist? And that actually, Paul, I met, uh, I met through another friend of mine at Transworld and approached him and said, okay, we have, you know, our Christmas show that that's that December, uh, you know, do you want to come? And I just remember it so well, him saying, yeah, um, I might come for like an hour, but maybe leave. I'm just not, you know, really into crowds or I forget what he said. I was like, that's cool. You know, and, and, and he does realism and, um, he comes out and then he does these, like, as you probably saw in the book, if you don't, he does like dots with a ballpoint pen. I mean, it's unreal what he does. It's just, you know, so he brings himself, you know, he loves punk rock too. He's a skateboarder, but he loves punk rock and he has his art up at the show. And so, um, yeah, Fat Mike and, and his friend come to the show and I'm explaining to Mike how Paul's art is. And he's just like, what? And he's like, he brings Paul over and he's like, okay. I'm going to get this, 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 this. And he like buys all of Paul's art. And I think Paul was like, okay, this is cool. I can, I can do this. Like not I only did I just sell, <laughs> yeah, not only did I just sell all my art, but Mike bought my, or fat Mike bought my art and uh, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and it was like, I always tell Mike that I'm like, dude, you just like changed his, you just gave him that courage. You know, you gave him that courage to be a part of it you know, oh, he's a friend of a friend, but he's not this person or that person. That does not matter. He's an amazing artist. And he's, you know, he does so well and he travels with us. And it's like, that's the thing. And Mark DeSalvo, like he's actually friends with uh, Matt Skiba, how I met him. And that's how, you know, I thought, oh, well, let's have your art. And it's been so great to work with Mark, you know, and all of just like 
the, and then actually these, um, these girls are, would be amazing to interview by the way, but they're called the mad twins. Yeah. From, from the Ukraine. Yeah. 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 And their story about, you know, they are, um, I met them through, uh, they did, they did work for like social distortion and a friend of mine in green day. And so they do work with bands and that's how I kind of initially, you know, met them. And then they said, Oh, I'm going to fly out for this show. I was like, okay. And they're so great, but their story is just, I mean, they live in the Ukraine, like it's gnarly, you know, and it's like, where they, they don't, they don't have what we have, you know, they don't have, um, you don't just go and go to the art store and do, you know, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot different and it's a lot more difficult. And they met, I mean, they'll, they'll, they can share the story, but they met social distortion through like, you know, MySpace or something. And, you know, and, and they were saying, oh my gosh. And they love, it. it's like, well, you do amazing work. So these people love you guys because you're so talented and you're so interesting, you know, these twins. And so, um, and we all just love them. And unfortunately, like, you know, they can't be out for the show this week because they're in the Ukraine, but, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's cool that it's branched out into not just like those musicians, but like the families of, or friends Jay, of. Jay Bentley's wife is an amazing painter as well. That cover that she did again, cause for me, no effects are my favorite band. So I'm very familiar with all their cover art, but now only really learning through this book, who's done certain pieces. Um, yeah. and it's Natasha, right? Jay's wife who did the Italia, incredible Natalia and she did the Koki yeah. the clown cover, which is yeah. an amazing piece. Oh my gosh. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. People look at her stuff. I mean, I've had artists look and they're like, wait, is that a painting or is that a photograph, photograph, you know, it's like, no, it's a painting. It was like, and she's like a professional, she is full-time professional artist and just such a, yeah, so amazing to have in the book. And I mean, I just, she is, I'm very uh, thankful that she, you know, chose to be in the book. I know she does. I mean, she does big time stuff with the art world. And so for her to be a part of it, but it also, yeah, exactly. makes so much sense. It's like, you know, she's part of our community and through her, through her husband, but you know, she's, she's, her art is just speaks volumes, you know? And so having, well, her story as well, where she was saying she used to like paint punks in alleyways and like her inspiration for a lot of her early art came from punk shows. And there's a lot of really amazing insights like that throughout the book that just take you to the core of who these people are and their roots and stuff. Um, it's presented so well and you know it has the right mix of journalistic story and then the art and the visual element it's it's a really well packaged collection yeah and the thing is it's interesting is when you know I told people I said okay you have you know eight or nine pages or whatnot and you know we want to do a little bit of this and that and which I was very very general with and and people were just like well so do we share this I don't understand do we do this it was like I have no answer for you. You know, I had no direction for them and I didn't want to, I didn't want to give them direction, you know? And they're just kind of like, well, what do we say? I was like, I, you can say anything you want. You can talk about your dog on eight pages if you want. Yeah. Each and chapter so has was... a unique feel. It has a distinct feel. There's no common style or tone to each presentation. Um, it is unique and individual to each artist and that's cool. It gives it more of a free, varied, fresh feel. Yeah. And that's our, you know, that is our goal with it is for each person to really share like whatever story they want to share or whatever story they want the world to know about. And I think it's important because the thing is, is, is there a common thread in the book? There is, 
you have 29 people in total. There's a few chapters that are duo chapters. Um, and they're all very different. But then at the end of the day, they're all the same. They're sharing their creativity through art and they're kind of changing the world with their art, you know, in, in different ways, whatever that looks like. And that's the goal in, in, you know, people again, that don't know music. Well, I'll say a lot. Oh, I work with, you know, first of all, explain, I try to explain to people what my, you know, what we do. And it's like, well, I work with artists, but they're career musicians, I explained. And they're like, oh, and some people will say, oh, well, you're, you know, you can't make money with music. It's like, uh, yeah, you can, you can very much, you know, like you can be a successful musician. Actually, that's a thing. You can also be a very successful artist. And that's the problem, at least in the United States, it's like, go work in a corporate office, go do this and work for the man and put on your suit and tie. It's like, no, you can do whatever you'd like and you can be super successful at it. And that's kind of our goal with this book is to share this successful artists and that they might all have these different, you know, outlets, but they, they're all have that common goal or a professional skateboarder. You know, if you had a child and that, you know, seven years old, they said, I'll be a professional skateboarder. So we'd be like, what, 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 you know, like <laughs> just that doesn't make sense. And actually, I don't know if you read Christian Hasoy's story, but his is really amazing because it's about his father. And he kind of explains how his father gave up his art career to help Christian with his skateboarding and push him forward and kind of, kind of gave up his art to help Christian. And now Christian's in the position where he has his, his children and he wants to help them succeed with what they want to do. So not to give up his skateboarding, but to push his children. Okay. My dad did this for me. I'm going to do this for my kids. And that's about, you know, it's more about a mindset. It's not about, Oh, I've, re I've received all these awards with skateboarding and this and that, you know, and like right now, all of Christian's um, pieces that he's creating are on his father keeps sending him these um, art pieces and they're all on these packages and so they um, they're all on these packages. And so he's actually taking the boxes that his father is sending him and then creating art on them. And that's nice. like all the, all the pieces, sorry. That's all the pieces he's going to have in this. Um, that's all the pieces he's going to have in this show. So all of, so he's not painting on canvas. He's not painting on wood. He's painting on these boxes. His father sent him, which I think is so great. Yeah, he's a magical man, Christian Hasoy. I read his book many years ago and just a fascinating life. Um, and again, another sober guy, right? Another guy that's been to the edge and, and pulled it back and he found salvation and redemption. And one other guy I wanted to, to ask you about, if, uh, if, if you've got a few more minutes just as we approach yes, the end. Yes, yeah, yes, no problem. Is, is Novak. Um, I know he's not in the book, but I've seen you've been doing a lot of stuff together with him recently. Um, I'd love to, to hear if there's any more plans to be collaborating and doing stuff with Brandon because um, he's again just an, yeah. another very cool figure that does a lot I think to just put good energy out into the world and try and help people and elevate people and yeah so that story is actually just like serendipity because um Christian had a Christian Hasoy had this piece of um, Jay Adams. And I said, Hey, you know, do you want to do prints of this? I really love this piece. And so at Christmas, is that the time, one that's in the book? 
That is, and yeah. that is, that is it. Yes. And so he actually had a piece, this original piece. And I said, let's do prints of it. Christian was like, cool. And I said, you know, you can, we can give a percentage to a nonprofit or whatever you'd like to do. And Christian said, yeah, I'd want to, I want to give it to my friend. He actually has this recovery house. He's a fellow skateboarder. And I thought, okay, great. That's let's do that. So I talked to Brandon and told him, you know, we want to sell these prints and then give you the, um, I want to give you the proceeds to your recovery house. And it was like, great. Okay, cool. So we connected and it's in Delaware. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, if you're ever in Delaware, you know, let me know. It was like, oh, okay. Cause <laughs> I go to Delaware, you know, like that's yeah. so, you know, so, okay. Like, great. So we gave the proceeds and that was that. And, um, you know, and we give it to a lot, we connect with a lot of nonprofits. And so then, um, I was going out to do this Milo Ackerman piece to get signed. And I'm, I flew out to Philadelphia and then I kind of was like, Hey, you know, um, I'm out on the East coast. If you're around, like, it'd be great to catch up and, you know, just catch up and just share this, share our story. And so I told him I had to go to Delaware and he was like that or I had to go to Delaware to meet you know Milo lives there he's like that's where my recovery house is it was like what what this is so weird so you know 10 minutes 10 minutes away I go to Brandon's recovery house and I was like this is really like some stars aligned here you know and so it's so great so we connected um we you know funded him and I was like hey let's do more stuff together because this is really a big part of my life um and I think that we should, you know, share, share this message more. And so, um, yeah, so that was great. So we did, we, uh, I went out to, to, to Philadelphia where he lives and it was really nice to just connect with him. And we, because we work with a lot of skateboarders and I kind of learned more about his story and it was so great. Cause when we first sat down, you know, you meet someone face to face on a business level and you're kind of like, Oh, this is what we do. And it was just like him and I was just kind of this, uh, <laughs> you know, just like, there's no filter here, you know, cause we're both, we both have been through the ringer and we just share these things. And it's like, you kind of walk away like, Oh, wow. I just told that person a lot about me. And that was uh different, you know? And so, um, but yeah, so then actually, so with Brandon, I, um, had reached out to see if he was in town for these book releases and he kind of thought, well, I need to come out. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's tie in Novak's house. So actually for Long Beach and San Diego, we're going to give a portion, portion of the proceeds to his recovery house. And I think he's actually like going to look to get another, another house, I think. And so we're giving a portion of the proceeds to them. And then he's going to bring his books because he wrote three books as well. So it was really nice to talk to him about his books and his um, process. So he has his three books. So he's going to be at Long Beach and San Diego, which is just like, it's cool. It's just like this, this circle of, you know, people connecting He's Christian's friend. And so, um, yeah, hopefully we do get a, you know, do some more work with him in the future. So, and he's, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've learned a little bit about him in the last six months or so. And it's like, wow, he's definitely turned, turned his life around in such a beautiful and positive way. So we hope we can, you know, elevate that and, and bring that to light more through punk rock and paintbrushes. Yeah, it's just a case of good people doing good work together and improving the quality of, as you said at the start, everybody's journey. 
Um, and it's been really nice getting an insight into what you do and, and who you are and where you've come from. And I hope that we can meet in person and, and hang out and yeah, further yes. further connect in the real world. And yeah, I just I want to just congratulate you on this beautiful little you know community that you're nourishing and and lifting up and the book's great and it, it is available worldwide is it if people want to order it they can yeah so it's totally it's available worldwide um so we have our book signing with 20 of the artists 20 of the 29 so i was like okay that i'm i'm happy about that on saturday and we were actually going to do it in like deep los angeles and we kind of la's been really hit hard with the pandemic we thought well let's do it in la but a little outside so we're doing it in long beach and the cool thing actually is we're doing it at long beach at a place called alex's bar i don't know if you're familiar but it's this old punk rock bar and owner i swear he does everything for that place so it's been so cool to we're get to give back you know and um stay tuned for other ways we can we're doing some more work with them in the future and i was like you know talking about this and that he's like well i'm like hey we're here to help you like we we have the ability to help alex's bar who's brought music out so we're we're gonna do as much as we can so we're doing that and then we're doing one in san diego we have a show in chicago in a couple weeks and then we're going to different places so definitely stay tuned we're getting all the you know information set but yeah we're really excited i'm just i'm just excited for people to like physically have the book so um it's available worldwide and yeah they're starting to ship this week which is exciting i might do some cartwheels i think so <laughs> well it's a beautiful <laughs> feeling when you work so long for you know well not so long in your case i guess but you work hard <laughs> for a short period of time and you, you pour your heart and soul you know, into but here's, here's the thing i i learned i listened i heard this recently and we did uh in october last year we did a print release with winston smith who did the um the cover for insomniac we did the 25 year anniversary and he does collage and he's He's older in his 60s or so. And he said to me once, he goes, you know, someone looked at this piece and they go, how much, how long did this take you? Because everything's cut out. Everything's so tiny, you know? And he goes, a uh, couple months, I think. And he goes, wait, 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 wait. No, it didn't. And he says, this took me 40 years to do. And that's the thing is like not to, yeah. you know, but that is it. How long did this book take? Well, I guess it took two or three months, but no, it didn't. Took 40 this, years, this is a you know? lifetime's work yeah and you've been slowly oh. building the pieces since you started in this world and will continue to yeah totally. i love and it I, and yeah. it's not and this isn't about me though i mean i no, i know yeah it's, but it's like you know i just heard like anthrax is having their 40 year anniversary and charlie benante's in the book and it's like 40 years that's 40 years that is in his chapter you know or or any of these people like if they i mean they've been around they've been around you know and i think that's the whole thing is there's a lot of layers going on there because they've been around for so long so yeah yeah I'm, i think I'm, it's special i'm excited for people to just see it and read it and i'm sure we're all going to be very happy when it's physically in people's hands so <laughs> is it punkrockart.com is the website that's it, yeah punkrockart.com is the website Emily, it's been an absolute treat, and I just, yeah, want to just uh, thank you for for the great work that you're doing, and it's clearly making a, a positive impact in this world, and uh, we're thank lucky to you have so you.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.